0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, my name is Chris Price. Welcome back to the Patriots' Support. Joining us today is former NFL defensive back Darius Butler. Darius played for the Patriots and the Colts over the course of his nine-year NFL career. He's now the co-host of the excellent Man-to-Man podcast. You can follow him on Twitter. At Darius J. Butler. Darius, I want to get your take on this right off the top. As someone who played for both franchises, I wanted to get your feeling on what happened in last Saturday's Patriots-Colts game. I know that some of the overall coaching philosophies have changed a little bit, but I'm curious. New England came to the game, a seven-game win streak. They were stopped by Indy 27-17. Was there something you saw in that game, whether it was scheme, personnel, whatever, that as a former player made you think that the Colts had discovered something about the Patriots and other teams might be able to pick up on it down the road? Or was it simply just a case of too much Jonathan Taylor?
1: <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a big, big part of it. That was going to be my first thing. Just Johnny, I mean, it's no other team out there with, with 28. He is, um, when you watch him on film, he, he's special. Obviously, you have Derrick Henry. When he's healthy, he, he would still probably be the top back for most. But Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he, he's he's right behind him. His explosiveness, his ability to get through holes, and get skinny, trim the fat, his vision. I didn't expect it to be as good as it, as it is, you know, coming in from uh, Wisconsin. But he's everything you want in a, a, a running back. I talked to Chris Ballard this morning, actually, uh, to congratulate him on having seven Pro Bowlers. That's a talented ball club. You know, mm-hmm. you got seven lead the league and Pro Bowlers. Um, you know, that, that's not by, by accident. You know, those are guys that played playing for each other playing together you know you got the ability to follow more hard knocks this year and kind of just give the, the the outside fans and viewers a view of kind of you know what goes on the ebbs and flows uh in the locker room during the season on and off the field you know um so so the guys that are playing together they play for each other that was the thing that chris said man i you know I, i'm not taking all the credits to coaches the scouts i mean it's bringing in the right guys in the building that really like each other so Darius Leonard created another turnover, you know, picked on Mac Jones, the rookie. Defoe was getting after him. Forrest Buckner up front. So it was a lot of talent on both sides. And I think that's just what it came down to. Um, when he needed to put the game away, Jonathan Taylor put it away with that long run. High Tower, you know, you had two guys, you had High Tower and McCordy there. And mm-hmm. it's really in that situation as a de- defense, you just want to vice that ball carrier. And so High Tower has to keep his leverage. And it, it was just that one thing. And when you're playing against great players, that's the difference between. You know getting a tackle for a four or five yard gain and a home run to end the game. So, um, a lot of Jonathan Taylor, but I think all around the board, just overall great performance.
0: One of the things that I heard after the game, people were talking about how Jonathan Taylor was able to kind of fake out the defensive players a little bit with his eye level, with his eye that he would look one way and he would cut back the other way. Is that something I had never heard of? A running back being able to do that before i've you know obviously we've heard quarterbacks being able to kind of look off a of safety and that kind of thing have you ever heard of a running back being able to do something like that
1: no i, I haven't heard of it you know uh he, he's just really good in and out of cuts uh, really explosive and it's not a lot of wasted movement as a db that's what you want to you know uh take a anytime you you can get from point a to b it's a straight line. The quicker you can get, do that, the better. And uh, he does that great for a running back. So I, personally, I haven't really been, I would say, juked out by eyes before. Actually, I can remember some of the best backs, you know, having dark visors or not being able to see their eyes. That was an advantage that I know a lot of running backs would like, especially pre-snap. You know, when you're yeah. kind of scanning and looking at who you have to make, maybe pick up in press protection, which is another thing he did great uh in that game but uh i i, I never been uh, i never experienced that as far as eyes running backs but uh i mean if, if that's part of the, if, if it was players that said it, you got to believe them but um just special man and uh i think the patriots though you know i still obviously a lot of ball left and this is when they typically play their best ball but you're going to have these bumps in the road when you have a rookie quarterback and now it's going to be the question you know when it's not favorable situations for mac jones which the patriots try to keep him in as much as possible which they should. Uh, can he overcome, you know, can he, you know, bring guys up and play better football than the other quarterback. And I would say he outplayed Carson Wentz uh, on Sunday, but going into the playoffs, I don't have a ton of faith in a bunch of these AFC quarterbacks to be honest. So it's still an opportunity there to go and, uh, and make a nice run.
0: It feels a little bit like a pitcher going through the lineup a second time. Now that there is a lot of film out there on Mac at the NFL level I think your point is very well taken that he needs to make adjustments. If he wants to be able to get to the next level, if he wants to be able to get from here to here as a quarterback, what are some of the things that you're seeing maybe on film as a former player, when you watch Mac play, you say, you know what? Yeah, maybe he needs to kind of clean that up a little bit. If he wants to be able to get to the next level.
1: You know, Mac is really, uh, he's really, he's, he's really clean. You can tell he's sharp. You can tell he prepares and he studies. Uh, and it, and it's, it's some things that's just going to come with experience, uh, you know, just that's just how it's going to be. And, uh, but he he's far beyond, you know, you look around the league, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, uh, Trey Lance, you know, haven't really been seen the field. You see Davis mill, you see these guys and I would say Mac Jones are like a year or two ahead of him as far as progressions and how he goes through his reads and things like that. I think the next step, honestly, for Mac Jones is going to be in the personnel department. You have to get, a receiver that, you know, changes the math. You know what I mean? That's that's what it's going to come down to. And that will help kind of dictate coverages Dictate that middle of the field safety because now as a defense, you can kind of do more things. We don't necessarily have a guy out there, you know, X, Z in a slot, whatever, who just changes everything. You know, Stephon Diggs, Hopkins, uh, you know, these guys are Devontae Adams. These guys are all over the NFL. So getting him a guy like that, which obviously doesn't grow on trees um, and then continue to have a, a, a dominant run game. You know, you had your starter out last week. Uh, but continue having a dominant running game and keeping him Mac Jones ahead of the sticks so that he stays in these, you know, second and fives and third and threes and third and fours. That's what quarterbacks um succeed. That's what Tom Brady did for two decades at a high level. But I mean, I think Mac Jones just, just keep doing what he's doing, man. I think with the experience, he'll continue to get better. Um, uh, but if I'm a Patriots fan, I feel really good about my young quarterback in the future.
0: One of the things that Mac said after the Colts game was they had a bad week of practice. I know it's different for different teams. But when you were there in New England, what are some of the things that might constitute a bad week of practice?
1: Just uh, mistakes, just not being sharp. And, and obviously when I was there uh, my first two years in the league, you know, everything is going at warp, <laughs> at warp speed <laughs> and uh and and, it, and it's tough. And, and the practices in New England are intense. You know, they're intense. I and mean, you're going up against a guy like Brady or even watching the offensive periods in practice. You know, Brady was essentially a coach in the field at, at that point in his career. So it wasn't much that um, you know, Bill O'Brien at the time had to say during the offensive periods. But um, when you're competing in, in the scout teams, the 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 look teams, like you're going full too. It's not like the other places I play, where it's kind of like you're scripting for success, essentially. So you're scripting, you're drawing up plays, and you want the scout team defense to give you certain looks. But not in New England. You want you guys making plays on the ball, you know, guys are being benched and like changes are being made as far as lineup. So it's it's different. It's a different level of intensity there. And I'm sure it's probably similar at Alabama for him uh, the same way with Saban. But um, the the intensity of practice is high. So, you know, going into the week, you know, if you're having a bad or a good week, you know, going into that game, um, if you're very prepared for that game or not. And um, so, you, you know, and uh, so it would just be mistakes and just not being sharp, especially on like money downs, red zone, what's the red zone plan, uh, third down plans. I remember at, as a pro, you know, going through the week of practice, we Thursday were third down days. Mm -hmm. And I would go to, you know, Coach Pagano and, you know, we would have a lot of talks before about the game plan, things like that. Hey, coach, you know, we need to throw out this, this and that. Like we haven't been able to execute it all week. So let's not even bring it to the Sunday game plan. So um, if you got to throw out too many things in practice during the week, you know, it's probably uh, not a good week.
0: If you get to Saturday and you know you've had a bad week of practice, is that, is it What's that feeling like? Is it a sinking feeling? Is it like, look, we have to find something between now and kickoff? Or what is that thought process like when you know you've gone through a bad week of practice with kickoff looming?
1: Well, you know, it's different, obviously, for a quarterback just because you're, you know, it's so much more on your plate at that position. And obviously, if you're not feeling comfortable, confident about the game plan if you're not feeling like you put the you know the quality work in that week is tough but me you know there's been weeks where I had bad weeks of practice and I go out and play my best game and then there have been weeks where I have my best week of practice and go out there and lay an egg on Sunday so um you think about football uh you can't let the same play or, or the same day you know beat you twice you know if you have a bad Wednesday show up on Thursday let's get better let's make corrections and then same thing Friday Saturday And then Sunday, you just got to keep doing that play after play, drive after drive. You can't let, you know, as a quarterback, you throw a pick, you got to jog back out there in the field, take the field with command um, the same way you did the drive before, the same with the DB. So, um, you know, I I, I never let a week of practice kind of, you know, take my mind either way, Uh, you know, going into a game, unless it's, you know, injury-wise where it's Mm -hmm. like, damn, you know, this this hammy or this quad or this calf or whatever is quite healing, right? I don't quite feel like myself, but as far as reps and things like that, um, personally, I've never let that uh, you know take me down going into a game.
0: A couple of days after the indie game, Bill apologized to the media for being short with some of his answers after the loss. I, Man, I was curious. The,
1: the end is near. <laughs> I, that got me worried. And I got. I'm looking around. I just saw some last night. They're discovering dinosaurs. We got robots. <laughs> I feel like it's Be- Belichick is apologizing to the media. I mean, what the hell is going on?
0: How had have you ever? Heard that? I, I'm. I'm. A, did he ever apologize to you guys as players? It, it just struck me as really fascinating. As a guy who'd covered the team for a while, obviously he never apologized to us. Had he ever? Has he ever walked back into a, a film session with you guys on Monday saying, "You know what? I'm sorry. I failed you."
1: No, I, no. You know, no. And, and because, you know, especially as a player, you know, that every stone has been unturned, you know, that he and his staff has put in all the, the work to get you guys and put you guys in the best position. Um, so he was never really in a position, I would say, to, uh, you know, apologize. He'll come and say, hey, I got out coached. We got out schemed, or, you know, they outplayed us. They made more plays. Um, but to, for him to come and apologize. Um, no. And I'm, I don't I'm not sure, but I would bet that it wouldn't even have been a story about, oh, Belichick was short, you know, after losing to the coach. You know, he's a sore loser. You know, you show me a good loser, I will show you a loser. He's a sore <laughs> loser. Brady's a sore loser. You saw him on the sideline throwing and breaking tablets. And uh, I appreciate a sore loser for one. Uh, but uh, I can remember even, you know, obviously with the analytics and the fourth down conversation, those things happening now. I remember my rookie year, um, you know, the fourth and two game. Yep. when he made that decision to go on fourth and two. And that was kind of, you know, at that point in the game, Peyton had, he, he had got hot. He was moving the ball up and down the field on us after we started off good as a defense. And Bill felt like at that moment, the best opportunity to win that game was to leave it in Brady's hands. And, uh, you know, obviously Kevin Falk and what, you know, what happened. But um, the next morning he came in and he said, hey, you know, As long as I'm a head coach here, I'm going to make decisions. I feel it's best for this team, and I make no apologies. And one thing you'll never be able to say about me, they'll never be able to say about me is that I was scared, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm going to make decisions um, how I feel that way. So never heard uh, Belichick apologize in that manner, Um, but that was definitely interesting. Maybe he's getting a little little softer in his older
0: age. You got the Patriots and the Bills this week. For the second time in less than a month, when I'm interested as a player, when two teams who met so recently meet again in such a relatively quick span, what, how, if at all, is game prep different for this one as opposed to one where you know maybe it's you meet in September and December?
1: Yeah, well, this game in particular um, is so different for so many reasons. Obviously, the first one was so affected by the crazy weather. And um, we had a game where a quarterback attempts three passes like I've never seen that before. Probably never see it again. The other quarterback attempted 30 and completed 15 of them. But uh, so for that reason, I feel like it'll be different in the other year or even different anything I've ever experienced. It almost be like facing each other for the first time, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, because I don't expect the weather to be anything close to that. Um, So you're going to see, obviously, a passing game for if you're the Bills defense, you're going to have to prepare and then make plays on third down and red zone and all the different play pass and all those different things. So it'll be a completely different game. And it's hard to beat the same team twice, especially this close. So I I expect a a really good game. Obviously, a lot is on the line. Um, You know, Josh Allen. He has more experience at this time of year in, in these types of games. Um, so you got the quarterback experience there. And then obviously the coaching um, experience would go to, to Bill. So uh, it'll be an interesting game. It'll be great to watch. I'm going to be entertained. But, um, yeah, I feel like this is almost I, – I look at it as, you know, I threw the last game out. You know, it's, you know, it's not much I can take from that, honestly. Um, but, it, it, you know, I, I, it's going to be tough to, for the, the Pats to go in there and get another win. Um, against the Bills at, at home, get another win against the Bills.
0: A lot of talk up here about the year that J.C. Jackson is having. We see what he's been able to do on the field—the obvious physical skills, the ball skills, all of that. What are some things that you see from him that allow him to maybe get a little bit of separation from other defensive backs around the league that have allowed him to have the numbers that he's had over the course of this season?
1: Uh it's confidence. You know, I I, I talked to a few people up in uh, up in New England uh, once the. Uh, Stephon Gilmore trade was made and uh, people kind of, Hey, do you agree? How do you feel about this? And I'm like, it's, it's a lot easier to make that decision when you have a guy like uh, JC Jackson there who who can be, who is a bona fide one, a pro bowler uh, His confidence. You can tell he prepares. And at that point of attack, at that moment of truth, uh, he, he he's better than most. And not only when the ball is in the air, but punching them out, recovering them like his ball awareness is on a different level, you know, him, Xavier Howard, you know, Tyran Matthew, Kevin Byard, those guys just have a certain knack uh, for the ball. So when you can add that on with sticky coverage, you know, usually guys are one or the other, like either they're sticky or they have really good ball skills. So when you can combine the two on um, the way that J.C. Jackson does, um, that's what, that's what uh, separation makes you special.
0: Last question for me, what are two or three things that this Patriots team absolutely have to accomplish between now and the start of the postseason if they want to go deep into January?
1: You just got to continue uh, leaning on that run game. I think uh, you're, you're kind of seeing it. I, I don't, we may have had one 300-yard passer last week, and, mm-hmm. and last week was weird, but lean on that run game, continue to play uh, good defense continue to turn the ball over uh, on the defense and then special teams. You know, you got to be, that got to be one of your better units as well this time of year. Uh, We don't talk about that special teams unit a lot until they mess up and make mistakes, but (laughs) you know, that's, that's a unit. You gave up a block punt, you know, last week, which is you give up a block punt chances are you're going to lose that game. So those are the things that the Patriots need to do. Uh, But you know, you got a rookie quarterback and at this time of year, you rarely see, you know rookie quarterbacks going to run and, and, and go to playoffs. And I know New England, I know the fans and the, everybody who covers the team. You guys are spoiled up there. You <laughs> guys aren't used to going in and, and kind of managing your expectations going into uh this time of year in the playoffs. But I would say for this year at least, uh you know, manage your expectations on that offensive side of the ball. Defense has a chance to to be special this time of year. Um and we'll see. But the AFC is wide open as far as you know, lights out quarterbacks in December, January, and in, uh, in the Super Bowl time. So, you know, it's, the, the, the opportunities are still there, but I would manage I'll manage my expectations a little bit.
0: Darius Butler, co-host of the Man to Man podcast, former Patriots defensive back, former Indianapolis Colts defensive back. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you hooking us up today, and hopefully we can do it again, not too far down the road.
1: Right, for sure. Appreciate you for having me, Chris. Happy holidays.
0: You too. Take care.